0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. All record on my count: seven, six,
1: five, four, three, two. Roll A. Fade up on A. miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Dancing Kelly Santer, Michael Mergans at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. Glad you're with us for this edition of the Eagle Hour. Full cool show today. Gonna to get right to it. We're gonna have Professor, <coughs> excuse me, Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun Herald on the show in just a couple of moments. Mason Strickland, relief pitcher for the Golden Eagle baseball team in our Laurel Studios today. And JC Keyes, uh, newly of the Cincinnati Reds, gonna join us a little later in the show. <coughs> excuse me. The first segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. We appreciate their support of the show as well. You can enjoy their delicious fall off the bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, all sorts of great foods every day in their restaurants across Mississippi. And, of course, if you have a special occasion, Dickies can cater any event, large or small, sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. Are you okay, Papa? <coughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm all choked up at your dance moves in here, Kelly. It's well, just, uh, you know,
1: I, when, when I hear the marching band do the thing, I do the, 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 you know, the Dixie Darlings. I don't know what they call, We need to have the Dixie Darlings. We get closer to football season. The Dixie Darlings come in here and teach us. Well, Stand and, up and do the leg kick for us. Oh, no, the leg kick is <laughs> problematic. This, well, heads Film up, though. Right now. Well,
0: heads up, <laughs> by football season, we've been told that every Super Talk studio will have its own camera that you can access through right. the website, right. so uh, right. everything done in every
1: studio will be, you they'll, can They'll watch see the through. ever-growing trimmer, Kelly Santer, too, Michael. Yeah, drop, yeah, dropping this weight. So,
0: every, and everybody can can visually see the pin that Bob
1: clicks every day. You'll be able correct. to yep. see it. That's right. But, but, but no more me doing the show in my underwear and Megadeth t-shirts. Uh, no, we we banned that last year, Kelly. You may remember that, right? That'll have to uh, go, it was I guess. A,
2: it was the striped underwear and the Megadeth T-shirt was a little too much.
1: But the Dixie Darlings, you know, they have a certain way that they do those, you know. Yeah, and you, and you don't have that way. I. I actually stopped him at a tailgate party one time, and they said, No, no, Mr. Kelly, your elbows have to be up higher, and they have to be parallel. And, you know, there's a certain way that— fossy fossy fossy. There you All go. Right. That you have to do it. So.
2: Maybe Patrick McGee could save this segment. He's on the Gulf Coast uh, with the Biloxi Sanjaro. Patrick, so. how are
3: you? I'm doing great. How about y'all?
2: Good. Uh, could you picture Kelly in his underwear and a Megadeth T-shirt, Patrick? Would you like to for just a no. moment? No.
3: This is the most disappointing start to interview I've ever had.
2: <laughs> Can we start over? I think you're probably play, right. Hold on, let's play the intro I, again. Hang on over. a second, Patrick. Oh, we on a second.
1: There we go. Let's just start Seven, all over. Six. I take it all back. All right. all right,
0: Patrick McGee. The Laurel McGee. Studio had nothing to do with any of this, okay? It's all in
2: Hattiesburg. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun here. All right, Patrick, it's all over. Great run, Golden Eagles go six and two in the postseason. I'd had a chance to talk to you since it all ended, but give us your analysis of the 2019 baseball season.
3: Well, it was it was headed south in a hurry there in the final three weeks of the regular season. Uh, But really, they just kind of got revived there in the conference tournament and played their best baseball Uh, there were those final two weeks of the season. I, I think it, you know, I think Southern Miss fans have to leave the season feeling pretty good about the future of the team and just the way they've played last, you know, uh, they are you know they represented Southern Miss well during the conference tournament, about winning that, and uh, just another break or two there in, at, at LSU, and uh, they could have been playing even deeper into the postseason, so uh, it's, you know, uh, really, I mean, I think I saw one fan kind of comment on Twitter it's the best postseason Southern Miss has had in 2009, and it's kind of hard to argue against that mm-hmm. uh, with the level, with the way they played uh, beating Arizona State twice and playing LSU tough, and and having a chance to win those two ball games, so yeah, I, I think it was nothing short of a, a success. It wasn't a huge success, but it was a, it was successful.
2: Some of the kids on the team, like one of our guests uh, in our Laurel studio, uh, Mason Strickland, suffered some injuries during the course of the year that that affected the depth overall of the pitching staff due to injury. And it seemed to me that in the end, Patrick, that was really the only difference I saw between Southern Miss and LSU was they seemed to have a little more pitching depth uh, available to them uh, in their bullpen than the Eagles. But otherwise, the Eagles matched up with them pretty daggum well.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, and and really just LSU was the more rested uh, team, you know, winning that game on – uh, on on Saturday, really just set them up for the rest of the regional. They were in great shape once they won that game. So yeah, LSU's going always going to have a few more guys that throw have that ninety three mile per hour fastball. Uh, Southern Miss only has you know maybe three guys that really throw that fastball. It seems like maybe more than half the staff at LSU has that type of a velocity. So yeah, it, it was. I mean LSU, you know they had some young talent, some guys that look like they project to the next level, but overall. Uh, Southern Miss really went toe to toe with them and and you know, it was like I said, it's just one or two breaks and the reason they failed to LSU in those two ball games.
1: LSU, though, you know, and I, and I I did not think LSU would win that regional, but but the mm-hmm. Tigers, you know stepped it up too. It's all statistical mm-hmm. and when you when you take into account that LSU played one less game. Right. One complete less game. That's right. You know, that's certainly. That's a difference. uh, Especially on your pitching staff. Right. You know, when when you're really injured. So how soon now do you start reshuffling the deck, Patrick, and start uh, looking toward next season as you look at the overall depth chart for Southern Miss baseball, you know, going into next spring? And I know it's obviously very preliminary, but uh, where where are some concerns for Southern Miss next year, if they have any as far as depth goes, position-wise, what have you?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I talked to Scott Barry uh, this morning, and I'll have a story up later this afternoon as to how the Major League Draft impacts Southern Miss. But really, the, the lineup is going to be much more similar to this year, and I thought it was going to be just the, uh, the way a lot of guys kind of stayed put. You know, both Montenegro and Guidry were draft eligible, uh, and neither were selected. So uh, you leave those two guys in the lineup, that makes Southern Miss that much better. Uh, so, yeah, I think positions to look for, obviously, at first base where you lose Hunter Slater, uh, you need somebody that's going to hit well and play a good play the field well, right field, uh, center field. You know, maybe that's LeBlanc. We'll just have to wait and see. Shortstop, uh, you know, uh, Storm Cooper played well in the postseason there. Uh, you probably want McGillis to hit the ball a little bit better. He played fine defensively, but uh, in his freshman year, uh, I think they expected him to hit the ball a bit more. So uh, there's going to be some young guys coming in. Dickerson uh, is a good shortstop. Uh, he can maybe uh, fill in there if McGillis doesn't pick it up at the plate. So. And also catcher. Uh, Bryant Bowen can play catcher, but is he the answer there, we'll have to wait and see. I think maybe uh, they might look at Bowen in other positions, potentially first base. Uh, so, yeah, there's some little spots that got to be addressed. Uh, you really want to be strong defensively behind the plate. Uh, I know there's a catcher, uh, 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 Milligan, who was uh, signed by Southern Miss, but he was drafted fairly highly, I think, ninth round by the by the Braves, and Southern Miss is going to have to wait and see if he arrives. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of waiting to see uh, a couple of kids that were drafted. and uh, But yeah, the lineup, I think, is going to be pretty strong. Uh, you take Walner out of it, you know, you're losing a lot. But overall, I think that lineup's going to look pretty good, uh, at least better than not what I thought it would look like just a week ago.
1: If Milligan does go, and he's the kid out of Oklahoma, uh, right. a ju- junior college player out of Oklahoma that went to the Braves that the Eagles were counting on at catcher, you cannot, in my opinion, underestimate the importance of the catching position. It is why the quickest way to the major leagues is as a catcher because it is so brutally, ruggedly tough to play that position day in and day out, and there aren't that many guys that can play it that well. So if, that, if it happens that he goes, which, which you would have every reason to believe that he would go, you know, when he went that high that he would go to the mm-hmm. Braves, then then that that to me would be a, a question mark, a, a big question mark for the Eagles next year. Right. That, uh, and even if Bowen can play that, that's one guy. You know, and if something if something happens to him, then then what do you do? Big big thing to take a look at going forward.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, catcher is absolutely crucial. I mean, Cole Donaldson uh, played through a lot of little injuries here and there, but defensively there was no questioning what he could do back there. Uh, they were willing to put Cole Donaldson out there at catcher just because he was that much better defensively than Bowen. Bowen's capable of catching, and, you know, if he makes slight improvements in offseason, he may be that guy who can kind of be the the, the everyday, if not everyday, most day, you know, kind of catcher. So uh, Bowen could be the answer there, but, you know, if you get Milligan in, that that's, you know, he could be a difference maker back there.
1: And when you look back on the season, if, of course, if every day were, you know, if, if ifs and buts, you know, candy and nuts every day be Christmas that sort of thing but when you look at how Southern Miss really was pretty sloppy defensively this year if even half of those games that Southern Miss kicked it around with the, with three or four errors. If they make one or two, what could that record have been? Right. Of course, it's all speculation. But <clears throat> right. man, right. defensively, right. that's that's the thing that uh, that really hurt them the most. You know, not the inconsistency at the plate because pitchers, you never know what the other teams are going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. But when the ball's put in play, you make those plays. If if they're a little bit tighter defensively, that that could could have been a record season for the Eagles.
2: All right, Luke, you got something for the professor?
0: Uh, way too early projection, Patrick. Uh, Powell, Shepard, Carroll, next year's uh, weekend rotation.
3: Uh, I, I think Carroll probably stays in the bullpen. Um, it, I think there's going to be an important, an important role for him to play there. I think there are going to be other options as far as that third starter goes. But Carroll was just so much better out of the bullpen than he was at the start. Now that can change drastically. Uh, you know, we, we can all see how guys can kind of step it up, but uh, Carroll was pretty darn effective uh, out of the bullpen. Went put in that position as a starter. He's been a little bit less effective throughout his career. So I think Carroll probably stays in the bullpen. I think they're in a luxury to where they can just kind of take the time and figure out uh, who fits best. I, you know, he can't ignore what Josh Lewis did uh, pitch him well uh, at LSU right. in that uh, game. I mean, he's maybe somebody that you can look at as a lefty. Uh He's not going to blow anybody away, but maybe he's somebody that can go out there and put you in a position every Sunday to win a ball game. So, uh, I you know, I, I don't think they – right, uh, I think you're pretty shef- uh, safe with Shepard and Powell, but there's some, still some right. stuff to learn.
2: All right, up against the break, Patrick. Thanks a lot, man. Look forward to talking to you next week. All right, have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody, Biloxi Sun-Herald.
1: You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: Welcome back and thanks to Patrick McGee for joining us in the first segment of the show. Appreciate him very much. I want to thank also Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmark.net for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. They've got the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. You can check them out online at CampusBookmart.net, or you can visit them on Hardy Street, of course, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. All right, baseball season is over. One thing we like about that, we don't really like to see baseball season end, but it does give us an opportunity to bring some of the players on the show. And our next guest is actually the 2018 Conference USA Tournament MVP. He was a young man out of Jones Junior College that really made a big contribution to the Golden Eagle baseball squad over the last two years. We're happy to have Mason Strickland on the Eagle Hour. and Mason, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: Hey, well, we're glad to have you, man. Now, I want to take you back before we before we talk about this year. I want to take you back to last year when uh, you get you get the call to go against Charlotte. The Golden Eagles are in the losers bracket. You lose a game. The season is over, and certainly the the tournament is over. You come in, you throw a complete game, three hit shutout, and you walk away with the most valuable player trophy from the entire tournament. Take us back to that day, Mason.
4: You know, it's just, it's one of those things where as you're, as you're a little kid, you kind of dream about that situation, you know, going in, not being eliminated, in, in the elimination game, but uh, <laughs> given that opportunity to, you know, make a difference in the tournament and, uh, you know, show that you really belong. And I think uh, last year in that game, I gained a lot of respect from uh, the players and even the coaching staff, uh, showing, you know, so 78, 79 miles an hour. It's not. It's it's more than just uh, the velocity that can affect the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's just it was one of those games where I just had everything working for me. Uh, I can remember it clear as day. Uh, you know, I it was I, I couldn't miss a spot. It was just it was it was a great day. So for, when, uh,
2: you're moment, sure. Mason, uh, when you're in that moment, Mason. When you're in that moment. Is there a voice going off inside of your head saying, man, I, I feel good. You know, I feel like I'm really in the zone. What was going on in your mind as you went through that, that morning?
4: Uh, you know, that morning I, I was a little nervous uh, going into it, but when I got out there and got through the first inning, uh, got the first out of the game, it was kind of like, hey, okay, just relax. I, I can do it. And uh, about the fifth or sixth inning I looked up and, I had given up, I think, two hits at the time and no runs, and I was like, "Man, okay, I, I can, I can finish this out and uh, uh, really help uh, help the team in the championship game, having the whole staff available." So uh, I don't think it was. I think the voice in my head was saying, telling me just to keep going. Uh, Where is
2: that MVP trophy it. right now, Mason?
4: <laughs> it is uh, laying right next to my bed. I look at it every night. So.
2: <laughs> I don't blame you for that, son. Luke, take it away, Luke.
0: <laughs> Mason, uh, Gabe Shepard told us kind of the same thing in that great, you know, combined no hitter against Rice. He said that after the first batter, he knew that he had his stuff. That, that's kind of, I mean. You always want to have your stuff, but knowing that everything's clicking, just like you described it as Charlotte, it doesn't happen much when you're feeling confident in every single pitch you throw. Uh, well, it's one of those things, you know,
4: um, you know, Gabe, Gabe matured throughout the whole season. Uh, we we brought him on slow and brought him yeah, – I'm, I'm glad. And I'm super proud of the uh, pitcher he became. He realized that, uh, you know, throwing 95, 96 – gets the ball down, that's very, very hard to hit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's one of those things, it's more of a mindset type thing. Um, you know, I throw 78, 79, but my mind says I can get anybody out on, in the country. Right. So him gaining that mindset and bringing the competitiveness that he has really, really helped him out.
0: The story for the first really half of the season this year was we, we entered the season, we got a Friday night guy. Uh, we got a Saturday night, yeah, and then Stevie, you know, gets hurt. Um, and really, the first half of the season, the story was uh, the offense was struggling, and it was the bullpen that was winning us games. Uh, the first half of the season, you guys were, in a lot of ways, I mean, even our coaches said you were overused. What was the mindset like when you guys realized, you know, we're everybody's dependent on us, um, you know, to win ball games? Uh, I. I think we uh, met the challenge head on. Honestly, I think as a staff,
4: uh, that's something that we look forward to. Uh, winning winning ball games is part of the things that we do, and uh, you know it was it, there was a lot of pressure on us, obviously, because the first half of the season the hitters were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, uh, but I, I think we met the met the challenge.
0: Uh, one more question. know Kelly wants to get in here also. Um, take us. You and I were joking. It, it's uh, what day? It's Thursday. Um, four days ago, we're playing in a championship game for a regional. How crazy was that atmosphere? And how fun were those? Uh, were the wins this past weekend? You got to play two of the stalwart historic programs. Uh, what was it like being a part of that this past weekend? Well, I can tell you, uh, Baton Rouge at Alex Box Stadium is
4: the loudest stadium <laughs> I've ever been a part of. <laughs> And I mean, to a point where I couldn't hear myself think, and I wasn't wow. even pitching. Uh, but it was awesome. Awesome feeling to get to even even get to that point. Because, you know, Arizona State, they, they put up a fight right before the championship game. But uh, I'm glad we got to get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ma- um, go ahead, Kelly. Mason, this is Kelly uh, Sander in Hattiesburg. First of all, I know you're a Jones guy, and I'm a Pearl River guy, so I don't want any trouble okay (laughs) just just set that out there right now you hear the term throwers and pitchers when in your career did you become a pitcher and how did you know it uh
4: i think my junior year of high school i really became a pitcher uh my high school coach uh, ian sharp he's a head guy at wayne county now he uh he really talked to me and kind of set me down I was like look uh you throw 82 83 you can't blow up bio guys like you think you can <laughs> so uh it was one of those things where I had to sit back and almost look in the mirror and be like hey stop throwing the ball spot it and uh just be a, be a ground ball guy be a contact guy that gets people out and I, I think that's where
1: I really turned the turn the page into being a, a, a pitcher and i 'd like you to address if you don 't mind your, your juco experience, and the reason I ask that is because and we 've talked about that on the show before, lots of times there 's kind of this negative kind of oh juco i don 't want to play Juco, but look you look <laughs> at yesterday 's draft and you know some of the guys locally here from you know Pearl River had two or three guys I think that were that were drafted the juco experience, particularly in the mac jack it 's called the toughest league in America. I love the junior college system in Mississippi. Your experience, your thoughts.
4: I'm 100% behind junior college. Uh, you know, Jones was the most, uh, how do I say it, the most exciting moment of my whole career. Even, and I think I would put it in front of uh, Southern Miss just because, you know, it's you don't get that experience. You live with the guys in junior college and you see those guys every day not only at practice but at lunch at supper at night when uh, you're playing games and you're doing stuff like that and uh, the experience you get from that I still have friends that I talk to every day from junior college just because of that experience
1: and I and I have to tell you Bob and Luke I hear that I hear that all the time from junior college guys I loved my d1 school they'll say but I absolutely thoroughly 100% enjoyed their junior college See, though, experience. A lot of NFL guys, when they're announcing You know, the, the lineups yeah. at the start of the game, they'll reference back to their junior college that they played yeah, at. Yeah, so, so well, I'm, gl- it, I'm glad it, to hear you say that.
0: It didn't even hurt the fact that uh, Junior College allowed Mason to be a national champion, right? I mean, that (laughs) was pretty sweet. That's right. Uh, Out there in Oklahoma, man, that was a pretty sweet experience. We were talking, uh, you know, there's a Jones connection, Irby and a couple more guys were there when you came in. But you, Eric Hord, and Fred Franklin, Eric Hord's going to be on the show with us next week. Uh, You guys transitioned together. You got to play the last two years. There is a Jones-Southern Miss connection, isn't there?
4: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, when I I saw where uh, we were talking about it before, uh, they committed and stuff, and I know that's where I wanted to be, and that was probably the only place I was going to be was was Southern Miz. And when they got the opportunity to go, uh, it was all, it's an awesome feeling for them. But uh, not only for them, but for Irby and the other guys that were at Southern already because it was like we were almost having a reunion at Southern. Yeah. It's like we were
0: trying to bring back the national championship team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you made mention the other night about half the team was over at Walner's house screaming their heads off. How cool is it one of your teammates went first round this
4: year? <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome to see him uh, progress through uh, AAA and AA and hopefully the majors one day, right. and uh and seeing him on TV. I mean, I'm,
0: I'm going to tell my kids I played with him. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would, too. Uh, about 30 seconds left. What's next for you, Mason?
1: Uh, <laughs> T-B-H. I TBA. <laughs> I, I like it. I like
0: it. That's a baseball term. That's a baseball
1: term. I like it. I want you guys to know I'm well, breaking a scoop right here on the show today. I am right now committing. Are you? You're committed. Yeah. Pine yep. Grove called this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so listen
2: maybe there'll be a spot for you on this no show no better place we're, we're looking for, for you place kelly sander <laughs> hey mason thanks a lot man and hey thanks for everything you did for the baseball program and nothing but the best of luck to you son Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, Mason Strickland, everybody, former Golden Eagles. Hard kind of hard to say that now. It's
1: tough for him to swallow. Too, former probably. Golden
2: Eagle baseball star Mason Strickland on the Eagle Hour. All right, we got another one, and he's headed to the Cincinnati Reds. J.C. Keys is up next. Don't go anywhere.
1: To the, top. to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us on this edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, Michael, in Hattiesburg, Luke in Laurel, and uh, we're glad that everybody's on board. This segment sponsored by Fourth Street Bar and Grill, a great place for lunch five days a week. Great
1: plate lunches. And how much are they, Kelly? 8 95 which includes drink and dessert. Thank you very much.
2: And uh, great sandwiches, too. You and I for taking in a couple of those. I Never remember. met one I didn't like. And a great memorabilia all through the place. Pool tables, all sorts of fun and activities, 4th Street Bar Grill. Just a great place to have a meal, just to hang out with your buddies. And uh, next time you're down there, be sure you tell them that the Eagle Hour said, uh, tell them hello. All right, I want to thank Mason Strickland and uh, the professor for coming on the show. Our next guest that uh, we're very excited about having, his name was called yesterday by the Cincinnati Reds. J.C. Keys pitched 63 games for the Golden Eagles during his great career here. Uh, none ever any sweeter, J.C., than uh, on May the 1st of this year when it appeared that the Golden Eagles may be about to lose to the team from up north, the, the Black Bears. And uh, you come in and just absolutely shut them down in the last third of the game. Six strikeouts, no hits, no walks. Uh, all of us in the stands wanted to hug you that night. Uh, take us back to that night, J.C.,
5: um, it was just uh, amazing. I mean, the crowd the crowd was just tremendous that night. I mean, wow. It was the the atmosphere of that ballpark was tremendous, and it was just an amazing time just to go out there and pitch and have fun with my with a teammate.
2: Now, here is what I heard I heard said that night uh, with a guy sitting with me. He goes. Now this young man has pitched his, has played his entire life here in Hattiesburg in baseball at Oak Grove. Now he here he's at Pete Taylor Park. He has just shut down the most hated of rivals that the school has. Tonight's got to be a night that'll remain in this young man's mind for many years to come. Is that is that a fair statement to say?
5: And that is a fair statement. That is something that I will always remember, and I would tell down the line to my. My kids and my family down in the future.
1: So, JC, yesterday you were hanging out. Uh, how much did you know prior mm-hmm. to the amateur draft? What were you being told?
5: Uh, I was told I was in contact with a few, a couple teams, but I just didn't like know like what team I would go to. But I knew from like talking with uh, Kai and Coach Coach Oz that I was going to get drafted. I just didn't know who, what, by what team.
1: Okay, the fact that you're a senior, you know, and you really don't have any options—that's that's the brutality of being a senior. Because everybody goes, "Well, if you get drafted in this round, it's worth so much money." And if you get, to, but but if you're a senior, and there's a lot of guys in JC's boat that they don't that could play independent ball. But I mean, as far as big money contracts, the seniors just don't get the money that the other guys do because you know their eligibility is up. So big decisions. I mean, everybody wants that chance, though. JC, yes.
5: Yes, that is true. Everybody does want that next step to be able to continue their baseball career and play at the next level.
1: So when did you find out that this was going down, and it was going to be the Reds?
5: Uh, I'm watching TV, and I got a call from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was sitting with my girlfriend. and I told her that this could be it. And when I picked up the phone, it was uh, Jonathan Reynolds with the, the Reds, and he told me congratulations me in the twenty third round. And that that was
1: it. So educate us now. What's the process from here? Well, I'm uh, I'm waiting on one of the
5: guys to there is to call me back to let me know what what date I will I will leave out to go to Arizona for a mini camp, and then from there I will either go to Billings, Billings, Montana Montana or Greensville Tennessee.
2: Got a preference there, JC? Uh, preferably uh, Tennessee, that
5: way my family <laughs> came from. But I've never been to Montana. No, I
1: haven't either. either. Oh, either it's time. pretty in Billings for yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> during the summer those those two weeks. <laughs> oh, and you know he's going to Arizona, which is beautiful this time of year. Yes, very cool. Mm-hmm. One hundred and thirty-two cool. in the That's shade, what I mean. yeah. Dry heat. Now,
2: now, what did you? What did you? What <laughs> you call this young man? Because we've always known him as J.C. You referred to him differently. What did you call the young man?
1: Well, his name is Joseph Charles Keys. I see. Now, see, when you're a, when you're a broadcaster like I am, and I, I had the pleasure of calling J.C.'s high school career right, right. at Oak Grove. Right. So, And, I, and I, is that common knowledge, J.C., that your name is Joseph Charles?
5: Yes, it is now. Is it's, it's not. Is not. It is.
0: <laughs> yeah, in fact, it's kind of like, like Brian Anthony Volmuth. Right, right exactly. It's kinda, yeah,
1: right. yeah. So when I called JC a little while ago to get him on the show, I said Joseph Charles. He said, "Oh, hey, Mister Kelly." <laughs> <laughs> that's kind JC, I want to. I just.
0: <laughs> I just want to congratulate you that you were not doing what Taylor Braley was doing when he was. I think he was like fishing or something somewhere. They couldn't get a hold so of him. <laughs> yeah, we everyone, everyone on the uh, the Eagle Hour and and a lot of people out there want to know what the secret is to your curveball. How does it just disappear? Um, uh, how does it trick Ole Miss? And I should I should add, you uh, you shut out Mississippi State earlier in the year too.
5: Uh, well, I, I threw a twelve six spike curveball and basically just threw it straight over the top and try to make it look as much identical as my my fastball. And it's really hard for hitters to pick it up because it's got the same spin
1: spin and spin rate as my fastball.
2: It's filthy. So, it's wow. filthy. It really is filthy. <laughs> Thank
1: you. So, so is that the skill set, JC, that the Reds are looking at? Because, I mean, proto- the prototype pitcher, you certainly don't fit the prototype of 6'4", 225, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and I'm glad that they took you because it does send a message to other kids. You don't have to be 6'4" and 225 to be able to compete at that level. What particular skill set do you think the Reds liked about you?
5: Uh, they told me that they, they liked my curveball and that I had a, a, a curveball that I, I can get out pro hitters. And they liked my competitiveness on the, on the mound.
2: Mm-hmm. JC, I want to take you back to that old Miss game. It really was a it, was a it was a masterful performance watching you take what what is now a super regional baseball team, and you just took the bats completely out of their hand. But you didn't do that with fastballs that night, did you? I mean, you heated up. But you did it with that curveball and change-ups, and it looked like to me you just had them totally off balance. Yeah, sir. It was
5: uh, basically just pitching backwards that night. Uh, I was talking to Oz and – he was telling me these guys were kind of like big swingers, kind of more of your big fly swingers. And I just had that, my curveball and my slider working that night. I was just pitching off that.
1: It is interesting how, and, and Mason Strickland was talking earlier, there are days in any sport you can be playing golf. when well, You got it. Bat, yeah, there are just nights that you J.C. Haven't, was in the zone that night. And there are nights where you could go out there till midnight and never find it. Right. That's one of those right. unique That's things correct. about sports. Right. You know? Do you experience that, J.C.?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you if you play a sport, you're going to experience some times where you're just feeling it and everything's going right. And then there's some point in times where you're just like, man, just, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. really tough.
1: Now, it's exciting that you're going to be a member of the Reds organization, but but probably the toughest thing to overcome now, J.C., is your Wednesday nights now in Hattiesburg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's okay. all I'm going to say about that. You you won't be able to enjoy your Wednesday nights in Hattiesburg like you have in the past. But you know, give and take,
2: right? Uh-huh. No, give and take. Give and take d- d- does he really show up, JC? Kelly, I'm speaking of every Wednesday night where all you guys are.
5: Every Wednesday night. Every he, Wednesday is night. That,
2: is he trying to get you to buy beer and stuff like that? I mean, is he, is he going around trying to get free stuff?
1: Bob, we're, we're talking about <laughs> choir practice here. <laughs> drinking adult beverages on a Wednesday night. You yeah. never said drinking adult beverages. No, I never I, said a word. you I'm the just, one that brought that up. Yeah. Huh? Makes me suspicious.
2: Hey, JC, uh, you got to have a lot of great memories. Is there anything that really jumps out at you when you look back on your great career here?
5: Uh, just the, the friendships. Uh, the bond between you know, teammates that I've met along these four years and coming in with Seven guys who came in my freshman year, and those guys who uh, who were there with me day one, are the guys that like, I will always remember. And then, of course, like guys that came in after and N G Co, I will always remember those guys. Those, those memories we have.
1: I'm glad the Reds keep track. There's a, there's a Cincinnati Red Mississippi connection too because you know Billy Hamilton who played at Taylorsville right up the road, and actually Chris McCardle, the Oak Grove coach, coached Billy Hamilton and J.C. Keys. So, well, now here's there's-
2: another question, J.C. Has Gidry asked you for half of the money that you're going to make by going to the Reds? <laughs>
1: Yeah, he has not. He has not. Let me tell you something. Guidry doesn't need. Guidry does not need any money that might be coming J.C.'s way. He's hey, good. J.C.,
2: uh, you were just a great, great part of the baseball program, man. We all enjoyed watching you through the years, and uh, we thank you for coming on the show, man. We wish you nothing but the very best in your future. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, and J.C., if Tom Brenneman, the voice of the Reds, ever gets sick or they need a replacement, you can tell him that you know a guy. <laughs> You
5: know. I will. I'll put it in a good word for you. I I don't get, it. And
1: don't give Gidry any of that money, JC. <laughs> yes, sir.
5: Right.
2: Yes, sir. JC Keys, everybody. Joseph uh, Charles Keyes. Joseph Charles Keys. Joseph Charles Ke- yeah. I, I th- he was one of my favorite players for four years. Yeah, he's really, a good kid. I really, really like JC Keys. All right, we're gonna, we're going to wrap this uh, kind of sick edition of the Eagle Hour
1: up now. This dumpster can. fire, yeah. <laughs> if-
0: The top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Gulfport Home Center, if you're looking for uh, the best deals and the best inventory and manufactured housing in Mississippi, check out Gulfport Home Center. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, some exciting news for track and field. Uh, McKinley West and Caleb Parker uh, competed last night in the semifinals of the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships out in Austin, Texas. McKinley West uh, finished fifth in his heat, 13th overall, uh, ends his career as a second team All-American. An amazing job. Ran a 10.09 10.09 in the 100 meter uh, sprints. That is a uh, that is blazing. So uh, his career ends as a second team all American. Caleb Parker. Uh, this is really an amazing story. He ran the 110 meter hurdles. He ran a 13.5. It's a new personal record. It's a new school record. It is his fourth personal record, setting a new personal record in his last fifth race. He finished second in his semifinal heat and qualifies for the NCAA final on Friday night. So congratulations to Caleb Parker. We have a Golden Eagle Friday night that will be competing in a final for a national championship. Pretty good, guys. That's exciting stuff, no question. And congratulations,
2: uh to the staff of the track and field program. They've just done a tremendous, tremendous job.
0: They have. They have. So um, a couple more things. I want to thank you know Mason and JC for coming on. Eric Hord uh, set to come on the show Monday. Stevie Powers set to come on the show Tuesday. And, again, just reaching out uh, to hopefully get some of these seniors in, and working on maybe getting uh, Paul Bunyan himself, Matt Warner, on the program, working on that. Uh, guys, it is uh, June uh, the 6th and 75 years ago today. The greatest generation storm beaches jumped out of uh, planes, parachuted behind enemy lines to liberate a bunch of people um, that, they, that they didn't know. Uh, the, the total casualties uh, from, the, from the Allied forces on this day, 9,000 uh, of the dead, 2,500 were Americans, 1,600 Britons, three, uh, 350 Canadians. You guys ever been, been to Normandy? You ever been uh, to France? Uh, I have not,
2: but I got to tell you, it is definitely on my bucket list. That's uh, you know, I was in Europe a couple, few years back uh, for a couple of weeks, but we just didn't get over there. And uh, if I ever go back, it'll be to go right there, no question about it.
0: I was uh, I was a fortunate four years ago. Lauren and I went and. Uh, spent some time in Normandy, and when people find out you're an American, uh, there's just a overwhelming sense of gratitude. They show it; it's how they treat you. Uh, the place still really is is very, you know, rural. Uh, you can walk out on Omaha Beach. You, know, you can go see a point de Hoc where uh, where the the Rangers climbed up and took out the guns. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. You're a Band of Brothers fan. There's a huge statue to Dick Winters. Uh, but never in my life uh, have I been as humbled. I was uh, I was at the American cemetery there in Collerville uh, right off of of Omaha Beach and i met a living pacific veteran or pacific theater veteran he was in his early 90s had never been to europe served in the pacific and wanted to come honor his fallen uh, comrades there at the cemetery moved me greatly moved me to tears mm-hmm. and from all of us you know on the eagle hour and everyone in southern miss uh, land We just want to honor this day. Uh, What an amazing generation that liberated people and liberated the world. Remember these two things,
2: people. Uh, The vast majority of the young men that hit those beaches are the same age as these kids we just got to talking to uh, playing college baseball. There were six waves. came on the beach before they finally broke through. The first wave suffered 92% casualties. The second wave, 85% casualties. And yet, they kept coming until they finally broke through the lines. And these were 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old young men. No question about it, guys. In my view, the greatest generation.
0: Private Hickett was a guy that was on the first wave at Omaha. His uh, company... Uh, suffered uh, 96% casualties. He was at the Normandy service earlier today. President Trump honored him, and and uh, man gave him a hug. So pr- pretty amazing. Even if you if you know a World War II veteran, uh, go go love on them, go serve them, uh, just spend some time with them because because they were. Bob uh, got an exciting show tomorrow. We're on the road.
2: Yes, we are. We're at Ramy Motors in Purvis tomorrow. Always look forward to hanging out with those guys down there. Great selection of uh, of every toy a guy could want. And uh, it's right down there in Purvis and Michael Mergen's Land. You going with us, Michael? I can. I yeah. got to pay my water bill, so I might as well go down yeah, there and get well that go all done down, down at the same with us, yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Bob,
0: are you going to buy your car tomorrow? Are you going to do it, pull the trigger and and buy that car? I I was going
2: to, Luke, but, you know, you asked me about getting you that four-wheeler, and I'm already committed. I don't don't want
0: to break the surprise,
2: but right toward the end of the show, they're going to give you the keys to it.
0: This is a guy that wouldn't buy me a free T-shirt for my birthday. I'll well, yeah, this is out.
2: also the guy that wanted to buy a conference tournament T-shirt, and the girl said $30. I said, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. I thought she... Well, that was I a wise
0: did. decision. Yeah,
2: $30 for a little thin T-shirt. Hmm. Did you buy that, Bergens? No. No? Even if it had bears on the front of it? Well, uh, maybe. maybe. How <laughs> I about mean, Walter I, Payton's I, number on the front of no, it? Oh, yeah, definitely. It would be a definite yeah. thing. Yeah. All right. We're in
0: UAB colors. Yeah. That,
2: no. <laughs> All right. We're in Purvis tomorrow at Ramey Motors. We appreciate them very much. Look forward to being down there. Until tomorrow, everybody, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. To
0: the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.